Hi friends, welcome back. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And the project is to work through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You're very welcome. It's great to have you back here again with me. And if you're here for the first time, then why not consider clicking on that subscribe button so you don't miss another opportunity to make the study of the entire Bible part of the rhythm of your daily life. You're joining thousands of others who've made that commitment, come together and work our way through the Bible. We're in season three, which is the book of Matthew, but you can, if you wish, go back to the beginning of season one. Anyway, with that in mind, let's drop back in and pick up where we left off last time. Okay, friends, we're continuing on here and we're looking at this middle section of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus has been making a comparison between real and false righteousness. And we're in the second of our two days looking at the issue of fasting. Now, Jesus's point so far has been that if we want to do things, anything in fact, and our motivation for doing it is in order to be seen by other people, then the reward we'll get is exactly what we're looking for. We're trying to gain the attention and the appreciation and the applause of people. And that's what we'll maybe get, but that's all we'll get. And he's applied this principle all the way through so far. Everything Jesus has said so far, not just here today about fasting, but the other things, the practices he's dealt with. This is the way he's addressing them all. You see, if you do things for the benefit of other people, then yeah, some people, some not particularly perhaps spiritually minded people may look at what you're doing and think, wow, that person's spiritual, but not your heavenly father, not God, because he's the one who looks at the heart and sees what our real motives are. And he will respond to whatever we're doing appropriately in response to how it's being offered. You see, God sees the heart And if what you're doing isn't coming from the heart, then you won't be rewarded in that way. So again, the real point of this passage, along with the others, is the fact that real righteousness is not achieved by seeking the approval of other people. It's all about worship, doing things as an offering to God, as a way of pleasing God. So those who do it for the other people, at best they'll get the reward of a few false plaudits from other people. But if we do things with the right motives, then we get the reward from our Father recognising that what we're doing is not only right, but it's done in the right way. Now, I find this the most intriguing of the three religious practices that Jesus deals with here. Because the first one in this section was about prayer, and that deals with our relationship with God. Then he talked about giving, charitable giving, and that kind of deals with our relationships with other people. But now finally, fasting has been examined and it has to do with developing a spiritual discipline for us. Okay, as I pointed out yesterday, Jesus, when approaching this matter, does make the assumption that the people he's speaking to are in fact fasting, at least on some occasion. 
And later, very soon in Matthew chapter 9, in fact, he indicates that those who are around after he ascends to heaven should, in fact, on occasion fast. So clearly, if that's what Jesus taught, we need to give some attention to this thing called fasting. Now, I want to begin today by confessing I myself haven't fasted in a very long time. So I hesitate to speak about something I personally haven't practiced a lot. I think I found a little comfort recently in reading a book written some time ago by a well-known Christian psychiatrist called M. Scott Peck. Now, he died recently, but one of his books, which was a bestseller, he wrote, was called The Road Less Travelled. But then he wrote a less well-known follow-up book called The Road Less Travelled and Beyond, and it is in that second book that he did a chapter on addiction, and in that chapter he said this. He said, I must confess that I am an addict. In particular, it seems to me that I am hopefully addicted to nicotine. I write and lecture all the time about self-discipline, yet I do not have enough of it myself to even stop smoking. And that's kind of the way I feel about this. You see, in my past, I had a rather unhealthy relationship with food. I used to take part in a sport that required me to lose weight dramatically in order to compete in a weight category. I always struggled to meet that weight. And part of it was I wanted to compete at that lower weight because in truth, I knew that the heavier weight, I just couldn't hold my own. I wouldn't have even got past the first round. This meant up until my mid-twenties, I sometimes fasted unhealthily for weeks on end before entering a competition. Now, since then, I've fasted a few times for spiritual reasons. But since I gave up that sport, which was 34 years ago, in fact, the whole thing was rather mixed up for me for a few years. And I haven't fasted for many years. Now, what I would also like to say is that if you have ever had a problem with unhealthy dietary habits or any form of eating disorder or an unhealthy attitude to food, then I think it's unlikely that God is calling upon you to fast in this way. But there are other ways you can fast, as I'll discuss later. So with that in mind, let me try and unpack for you a little about the real biblical concept of fasting. And let me see if I can answer some of those questions that I mentioned in the introduction yesterday. So first of all, what is fasting? Well, the word, as it appears in the Bible, means to simply abstain from something. And it's usually food, and that's usually the way it is used in the New Testament. It occasionally can be used to describe an involuntary type of fasting from food. And that's the way it is, in fact, used in 2 Corinthians, when Paul is describing all the hardships that he's gone through. And one of those was indeed fasting. However, what Jesus is talking about here is different to that. He's talking about the voluntary form of fasting. Now, one of the first things I should point out that fasting is never commanded in the New Testament. The New Testament never commands that someone fasts. It certainly has illustrations of it. And Jesus assumed that people he was speaking to here in the Sermon on the Mount and also his disciples would on occasion have fasted so they would know about this. But it is worth mentioning it is never a command. So why would someone choose to fast voluntarily? 
Now, there are some people today who argue the health benefits of fasting. Some say that you should fast at least once, some say twice a week for health reasons, or only eat between certain windows. Now, that may be true, but that is not what has been talked about here or in any other place in the Bible. What the Bible is talking about, spiritual reasons for doing this type of thing. Now, I personally, in the preparation of this, have looked at all the references that I could find made to fasting in the New Testament, and I have never once seen that God prescribed that it should be done on any form of regular basis. It was never meant to be done like a weekly practice or twice a week as a practice as some taught at the time of Jesus. However, there is a good case for saying it was said that it should or could be done on special occasions or for special reasons. For example, when they sent out Paul and Barnabas on their first main missionary journey, the local congregation fasted first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul talks about a form of fasting where a married couple would not only abstain from food, but they would also abstain from marital relationships as well. But he does instruct that this must only be done by consent and by both parties having agreed to do it before they do it. All of which indicates to me that this is clearly not something that is meant to become a regular, rotated, repeated practice. So what is it? Is it abstaining from food and food alone or is it possibly other things? Clearly it's mainly about food. All right, then if that's the case, then why would you do it? Why would you choose to abstain from food for a time? Well, when I look in Scripture, I'm not sure that you can find a place where it tells you exactly why you should do it. But there are hints, there are pointers. The closest that comes to it is, is the apostles. When they come back to Jesus and they said, we're having to deal with this demonic situation, in fact. And Jesus said, this is a significant spiritual event that you're dealing with this demonic situation and it can only be dealt with by prayer and fasting alongside ministry of course as well so apparently there were some exceedingly difficult situations that called for prayer concentrated prayer and that might include alongside that that you abstain from other activities in order to focus on the prayer or bible study to enable you to have the spiritual breakthrough Fasting was meant to remind us that we are sustained and upheld by the word of God. Therefore, the experience of fasting should be so much more than just stopping eating, abstaining from food. Because when we're fasting, we're meant to be replacing that by feasting on the word of God and spending time in the Lord's company in prayer. I like the idea, the teaching that says that you are going to abstain from normal activities, but only in order to focus on the Lord in prayer and Bible study. One commentator I read concludes this, and I quote, that fasting is neither commanded nor forbidden. It's done voluntarily and on special occasions in order to dedicate oneself to undistracted prayer and Bible study. And I think that pretty much captured what it is meant to be. And I think that statement pretty much covers it as good as anything I've read. So let me repeat it in my own way. Fasting should be done voluntarily on special occasions so that you can set aside time to dedicate yourself to undistracted time with the Lord. So that's why we should fast. 
But then it brings up the question is, how should we do it? Now, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about it other than that we should abstain. And of course, there are a few other examples, but it's mainly in the Bible examples talks about food. But beyond that, beyond that general guideline, you're left to your own devices on how you personally should approach the issue of fasting. And that kind of allows us to get creative in our approach and maybe even widen it out. You see, at the time of Jesus, well, a historic Jewish source at that time wrote, and I quote, The Jewish fast lasts from dawn to sunset, and outside that time normal meals could be eaten. So actually, the original Jewish form of fasting at that time, when Jesus walked the earth, involved just ceasing from eating during the daytime. And once the sun went down, you could eat an evening meal. In fact, when it came to the Old Testament Jewish scribal law and what it taught about fasting, it said that on the Day of Atonement, it was forbidden to eat or drink, and that's the fasting part of it, but it was also forbidden to bathe or to anoint oneself with oil or even to wear sandals and indulge in marital relationships. However, today, the most common form of fasting we see today follows the principles that you don't eat meals, for a period of or during a period of time but the suggestion is that you should drink or at least drink water which is just common sense for health reasons. I think scripture goes little beyond that. Scripture just allows us to figure out what we want to do, how we want to approach it, what fits in with our life and our spiritual baggage and whether we're going to fast one meal, two meals, three meals a day, for one day, for two days, for longer or even to fast in another way. You see, it's really important that under God's grace, under the way Jesus is approaching this now, that it's really important we don't get legalistic about this or anything else. Some will only fast during the day, they need a meal at night. And by doing it that way, they feel they can fast for a longer period. But of course, that will get more difficult the further north from the equator you live, especially in the summer months. That's why it's really important we don't prescribe this is done in a certain particular way because that's not what the New Testament does. I think all of this is up to you to do whatever you think you need to do to purposefully, by voluntary choice, set apart a time to deal with a special occasion or a specially intractable spiritual issue whereby you replace mealtimes or you replace something else in your life which distracts you from God and you replace it with undistracted time spent with the Lord. The principle being to replace whatever you do routinely with time spent with the Lord. That's the real idea behind fasting. Now let me just address one more question. I want to say that it's possible to think about abstaining from other things. I really do believe that. We can fast from anything anything that we do regularly or anything particularly that maybe is a time spent where it would be better spent with the Lord. Now if we love music we can decide to miss a concert or to spend less time listening to music in order to spend time with the Lord. You know at one point in my life as a young man I recognized I was so obsessed with rock music I felt the Lord called me to abstain for that. And I spent a time reflecting on how much time I should listen to music. But not only that, what was the appropriate type of music for me to listen to? 
Now the time of my abstinence turned out to be much, much longer than I had initially managed. It went on for years, in fact. Now I know a number of people who feel that God has called them to take time out from watching television or playing computer games. Others felt that God was calling them to abstain from wasting time browsing social media. And I have to say, the more I read my Bible and the more I listen directly to the teachings of Jesus, particularly in passages like this, then the more and more I'm inclined to believe that in the 21st century, an appropriate approach to fasting can be more to do with dealing with these sorts of issues than simply choosing to stop eating food for a period of time. If we aim to develop the inner righteousness, the type of inner righteousness that Jesus is teaching about here, surely it should be more about allowing God to bless us during our weakest moments by depending on God's strength and delivering us from the temptations that have infiltrated and taken over our everyday lives and separated us from time with God in the first place. I wonder how many of you have ever abstained from television? Let me ask you a question. How much time do you spend watching screens? Can you guess? Well, in 2021, the company I used to work for, a research company called Ipsos Mori, did a survey just last year which showed the average screen time in the UK, excluding work computer time, was 6 hours and 25 minutes. Wow. Imagine if you fasted from your screen time for a month. How much time then could you spend with the Lord? How much could you do for the Lord? And how much might he be able to teach you and reveal to you? I think we do need to fast sometimes. And for some, it can begin with fasting from something as simple as television. Now, don't misunderstand me. This is not a trade against TVs or mobile phones or old people or young people. That's not my point at all. And it's not saying that one is better than the other. I am very aware that it is very useful to use modern technology to either study or spend time with the Lord. I do it all the time. But what I am talking about is wasting time as a passive consumer of entertainment. That's the problem. That's what can become the problem. And that is what takes up too much of our time. Just sitting passively, being entertained and not spending enough time with the Lord. Not dedicating time to grow and learn and just spend time in this company. So why not try abstaining from your technology for a day and instead turn to Jesus and his word. If the only time you're spending with the Lord is when you study the Bible on a Sunday or go to church on a Sunday, then you're starving to death. We all know in life we need three square meals a day. Well, we should be reading the word daily. We should be praying daily. We should be studying the word daily. If your total input of scripture into your life is what you hear on a Sunday, you are literally spiritually going to starve to death. That's part of what the Bible project is all about. It's allowing people to make the study of the word of God part of the rhythm of their daily lives every day. It's just 20 minutes of teaching a day, but boy, is it transforming the lives of people who commit to go on that journey. So if you're in the middle of this right now and you haven't done it yet, why not consider clicking and subscribing to this? Now, I know there are other ways you can do it and other podcasts and other ways of studying daily are available, but maybe God is calling upon you to make the decision to make the study 
of the Word of God part of your everyday lives. Supposing you only ate once or twice a week, you would become skin and bones, won't you? Well, the same happens if you don't regularly spend time with the Lord in his presence, in prayer and Bible study, you will become spiritually just skin and bones. Fasting is simply a way of physically recognizing the need to eliminate some of those things that are distractions from spending time with the Lord and choosing them to focus on the Lord during that time which was previously going to waste. It's okay to listen to Christian music. That's a great idea. Anything that helps you focus on the Lord, anything that helps you develop your spiritual life. Do you know that frequently in the Bible, our relation to the Lord is compared to a marriage? So if you permit me, I'd like to talk about my marriage for a moment to my wife, Paula. We have always been in the habit of spending a great deal of time together. It doesn't mean we don't have our own individual interests, but we try to talk to each other every day, all the time. And when you know that, to use the technology analogy, that airtime, that talk time, those minutes talking are free minutes. Some people talk all day long on their mobile phones. Several years ago, I was offered a mobile phone contract with 4,000 minutes a month of talk time. I think that's nearly four hours a day. Imagine how close we could get to someone if we were to talk to them for four hours a day. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about here. And I think if we are to grow spiritually, we really do need to eliminate some of the routine stuff that has grown to become a barrier in our lives, a barrier between our spending time with the Lord. And the idea of abstinence, of fasting, is a strategy to enable us to replace that sort of time with time we spend to him and listen to him. And we do that so we can hear from him so we can learn from him and so we can grow to be more like him in our relationship with him and that we can experience and express it through our relationships with other people also. Okay, folks, that's it for today. That finishes off that little section on the issue of fasting. I do hope you find it helpful. We're going to be back, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, tomorrow. And we're going to consider what Jesus carries on with this amazing sermon tonight. And he'll teach us some stuff about how we might store up treasures in heaven. The main thing is I do hope you're finding this helpful. I do hope that making the decision to make the study of the Word of God part of the rhythm of your daily life is benefiting you. I know it's benefiting me in the preparation of it. If you are a visitor for the first time, I do have other teaching material online and you'll find the links to that through the episode notes of this podcast wherever you happen to be getting it from. doesn't matter which podcast provider. If there isn't a link to the episode notes and the transcript, the text of what I've said, there's a few podcast search engines that don't give you those links, then just go to where the podcast is hosted 
and that's on www.thebibleproject.buzzsprite.com. So you'll find the link there where everything's there, but you'll also find links to places like the YouTube channel where I put an audio archive by playlist category of all the long-term version of this teaching, as well as places like my Patreon and my LinkedIn page where I have more sort of structured formal Bible courses. But everything I do is in the public domain. It's provided by the generosity of my backers on Patreon and Kickstarter. And it's free, free at point of access to everybody, without copyright. So you're absolutely free to use it in whatever way you want. To help in your personal study time, or to help introduce other people, or even develop your own gifting of preaching and teaching. Take it and use it with my blessing, and I trust the Lord's. And having said all that, that's it for today. Thanks again for coming on this journey with me. And I do hope I'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.